are listening to a rendition of To Jordan Came the Christ Our Lord. And here we go on Tuesday, January the 8th in the year of our Lord 2019. It is the first rumination Tuesday as we look at a hymn for the following Sunday. And with us is our good friend, Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hi, Tom. How are you doing this great epiphany Monday. Well, if it wasn't for all the snow. What are you talking about? It's beautiful out there. Oh, it's beautiful. Not... We had some beautiful weather last weekend. Oh, really? Oh, it's man. Not, not snowing today? No, but we're supposed to get snow this Friday. That's what I hear. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. So get ready. Isn't amazing? Almost halfway through January and no snow hardly. I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll get it. Boy. <laughs> we'll get it yet. Yeah, well, I... we got some before Thanksgiving. I'm putting in approximately 800 miles per week on a car now. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah. So you you are more you are more concerned than ever about snow. No, I'm not. Uh, I I can get through snow. It's the members of the congregation that may not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm concerned about it. But all the it. good people of Illinois, they're used to snow. To Jordan came the Christ our Lord is our hymn for the day. And um, I always ask you this question. Was it written by Martin Luther? Yes, it was. Yeah, this one was. In fact, you may not remember this, but because I did not. In 1529, he finished the hymn on the Lord's Prayer, and he had all the catechism chorales done except the one on baptism. And this is the one do Jordan came to Christ our Lord that first appeared in 1541, and in that way the gap in the catechism chorales is filled. How about that? So he's got one of the commandments, obviously the creeds, then on the Lord's Prayer, baptism, and he already had one on the Lord's Supper. And the thoughts in here are really close to what he did in the small and large catechism, plus two sermons on baptism that he did in 1540. And this was kind of a new text. Elizabeth Quitmeyer was the one who had done the uh, translation, and they do believe that uh, original tune that we're going to be looking at was also done by Martin Luther. How about that? So are you going to be using this? For this Sunday, because it is the baptism of our Lord. Yeah, I, I, very, very possibly. It's yeah. not. It's not the only hymn that we could use for this Sunday, but uh, very possibly, I'll probably use some of this. Yeah, it's really long, so you'll probably do it for communion distribution. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I've uh, taken a look at it too, and um, there's it, two. There's two. Two melodies. Is that it, or two, two different versions? Yes, uh, the two tunes are different, uh, at least in the hymnal we're looking at. One of them is called Elvet Banks. Elvet Banks. Yes. And this one is uh, Christ Unser Herr. Yeah, the 406 one is the original. The 407 is a tune done in 2004 by David Lee. Hmm. But the 406 is a more familiar one. Uh-huh. But before we get started, this is a new year, 2019. I don't know if you got the Concordia Journal. I see it. And did you see what a great contribution Prince of Peace Congregation made to that Concordia Journal? I think the greatest contribution was uh, an article, if I remember, by, here we go, here it is. I turned the wrong page. 
Joel P. Okamoto. That's right, one of our one of our resident professors at yes. Prince of Peace, and also a big article in there by uh, Professor Francis Rossell yes. on uh, on the miracles. Right, the, right. Both members of Prince of Peace, little old Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, contributed probably half of that uh, Concordia Journal. How about that? I'm proud of that. Who's the pastor? <laughs> Yours truly. Oh, that's right. You're the pastor <laughs> yes. of Prince of Peace. Yes. Yeah, we talk about I take full credit for what my yes. professors... No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, that's kind of good. But what I found interesting is the other article about millennialists. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Mark Kiesling is the director of LCMS Youth Ministry and does a very good job uh, in talking about why so many are leaving the church. And then he gives some... Oh, interesting ways to take a look at why those who stayed in the church do so. And I think this really fits well with what we're doing here today. One of the greatest things that kept most of the children in the church are parents who attend church every week. Yes, yes, right. The example of the parents. Yes, I, I think that was really important. And they also were very strong on the conservative uh, notions. Uh, Let me read just this. Caring, understanding relationships with parents, church workers, and other adults can build a young child's, a young adult's understanding of the beauty and value of Christian community, drawing them closer in relationship to God. And after they did this critical survey, Parents are the number one people who affect the faith lives of young people. Well, sure. Yeah. Parents parents have a big impact on those kids. Yes. When parents don't prioritize worship and congregational engagement, young people won't either. I thought that was a really good kind of a summary. So what has this got to do with us? What this has got to do is, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for parents to listen to us on Tuesday and then go over the hymn with their children. If they would do that every week, then that is a kind of a worship experience at home and prepares them for hearing the hymn if the church is using the hymn of the day that day. I've often said congregational members should call the church around Wednesday because by then the hymns are normally chosen, <laughs> except for Prince of Peace. <laughs> yeah, and except, then, ours is Thursday morning. Thursday, Thursday morning. morning. Okay. And then they go over it at dinner. Maybe Thursday night would be a good time. Yeah, right. When everybody's got their <laughs> hymns. I have mine sent in on Monday by 5. Well, you have to. You have to to let them know ahead of time, yeah, right? Yeah, well, we got four congregations we're working with, and so uh, some of them have different bulletins and this sort of thing. Sure. And then um, the organists need to prepare. Right. So it's it's kind of fun here. But let's kind of keep this in mind. When we go through this We're really doing this to help parents teach their children. And in this case, it's going to be one of the big festivals of the Christian year, the baptism of our Lord. A lot of times, Epiphany and the baptism doesn't appear on a Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of years, you don't talk about the wise men. I mean, or at least they're they're not the lesson or the gospel reading for the day. Exactly. But but, uh, baptism of the Lord is usually, it's usually the... 
It's usually the emphasis of the first Sunday of Epiphany almost every year. Well, you know, Concordia Publishing House sends out a half sheet. Yes. And I don't know, I haven't seen this week's, if it's the baptism of our Lord or the second Sunday of Epiphany, because they're both the same. Oh, well, I know. All I can tell you is the cover of the bulletin. Is the every Sunday bulletin that they right, right. the cover is uh, John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. Okay, all right, that's good. All right, I won't have to change my sermon. Okay, <laughs> go ahead and read. We're not going to get through all seven, I don't think. But read the first stanza. To Jordan came the Christ our Lord to do His Father's pleasure. Baptized by John, the Father's word was given to given us to treasure. This heavenly washing now shall be a cleansing from transgression, and by his blood and agony release from death's oppression. A new life now awaits us. I don't think anybody understands when they first read this that the heavenly washing is referring to the washing of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is a cleansing from transgression. How does that work? Well, I think of the the great exchange yes. that took place at the baptism of our Lord. Uh, he, uh, he exchanges our sins. He takes, he takes in the baptismal water, he takes the sins of the whole world upon himself. Yes. That's, that's why I believe... Uh, that he told uh, John the Baptist, no, permit it, this is necessary, this has to be done. To fulfill. To fulfill all righteousness. Now, that's not our text this Sunday. Those words aren't said in there. Well, it's sure part, it's part of the whole message, though, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're correct, and uh, to bring that in would be very important. Uh, because a lot of people don't realize that what happened at the baptism is Jesus became sin for us. That's right. Because John argues, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not to be baptized by me. I'm to be baptized by you. Yes. And that's when he says to fulfill yeah. all righteousness. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people think that, oh, no, he took the sins upon of the world upon himself in Gethsemane. That's why he was sweating like drops of blood. Right. And he was greatly sorrowful under the point of death. And I, I don't think people realize that, no, he... He spent his entire ministry carrying the sins of the world upon himself, and it began. This is the beginning of his earthly ministry with with baptism. Yeah, it's uh, an important point to make. Uh, Gethsemane, he wasn't really that worried about the pain, the suffering, or carrying the sins to the cross. But what really concerned him is, my God, my God, why have you... Yes, forsaken me, that his own, his own heavenly Father, yes. whom he communed with on a regular basis during his earthly ministry, and his own heavenly Father would turn his back on his son. A lot of people are trying to use reason to make sense out of the Bible, and you just can't. No. No. Um... In fact, I would say most of the Christian doctrine that we believe, teach, and confess is totally unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It cannot be. Uh, there's no evidence for it except the Word of God. Right. But that, as you always say, it is logical. Yes, it's just not reasonable. Logical. Yes, uh, man's reason tries to figure out no, how to is. explain that and make it sensible to unbelievers, and that is really impossible. Yeah. There really is no 
way in which an unbeliever will come to faith by your using of reason. Uh, whether you're talking about the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, or, or whatever. You just simply say the word. Yes. And, uh, and the I, Holy Spirit does the work. And he can do it in many obvious and really strange ways. One man came to faith because he fell off a horse. Let's see. Oh, yes. You're talking about the <laughs> Apostle Paul. Yes. <laughs> yeah. said, well, that that's when he came to faith. That's not the reason he came no, to faith. No, no. <laughs> well, he fell off the horse. He was blind. And it says, you know, what's going on? Who are you? I am Jesus. Jesus whom thou persecutest. Exactly. Yeah. There was Boy, I tell message. you, he had to do some rethinking there when he heard oh, that. Man. That was faith given to him. Yes, absolutely. And, um then that was really put together with his baptism right, right away. Mm-hmm. And, of course, who was the guy that he was sent to to be baptized? Uh, was that Ananias? I, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's either that or I can't think of the, the, yeah, right. the guy's name. It's either Simeon or Ananias. No, it wasn't Simeon. It wasn't Simeon. Okay, then it's Ananias. Yeah, he was the Ananias guy. Ananias was, was told to go and, and see Paul said, and to baptize him. are you him. sure you're not making a mistake, Lord? <laughs> this is the guy who's killing us <laughs> Yeah, Christians. right, right. He had a reputation for dragging Christians off into prison. And once more, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, the the Bible really is quite ridiculous to the unbeliever. I don't think people like to hear that, though. You know, they think the Bible is ridiculous. How how blasphemous to say that? Well, but it 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 is not. It is. You're right. There's a lot of no. Almost everything we believe, for example, a person is forgiven before they are repentant. Yeah. And and That's all of, and all of their sins, even the sins they commit on their last dying day, is all washed away yes. in, that, in that early baptism. Exactly. That you're right. That is. Well, it's actually forgiven at the cross. Right, but applied to us personally in yes. our baptism. Well said. Yes. Yeah. Or through faith. All, all right. right. Let's go with two. Oh, hear and mark the message well. For God himself has spoken. Let faith, not doubt, among us dwell, and so receive this token. Our Lord here, with his word, endows pure water freely flowing. God's Holy Spirit here avows our kinship while bestowing the baptism of his blessing. So is this talking about the baptism of Jesus or our baptism? It almost sounds more like our baptism. With uh, God, the Holy Spirit here avows our kinship while bestowing the baptism of his blessing. You're asking me? Yeah. Well, there's no one else in the studio. I just read it, Tom. Yeah, Yeah, you do that with your sermons. You just read them. No, I don't. I know. Come on. Um, Let's see. Oh, hear and mark the message well, for God himself has spoken. Let faith, not doubt, among us dwell, and so receive this token. Our Lord... Receive this token. Receive this token. Means that we're receiving baptism. Baptism. Yeah. I I think... You see, the Lord... What did the Lord say... Yeah, I think he's talking here about our own baptism. Yeah, what did the Lord say at Jesus' baptism? Uh, this is my beloved yes. son, in whom I'm well pleased. And what does he say at our baptism? Well, you're right. This is you he know, that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Yes, right. So um, you need to tie in 
the baptism of Jesus with our baptism. Well, he adopts us into his uh, yes. family, so to speak. That's the way he does it. Uh, baptism, you know, I've often said this, a girl gets adopted when she was two months old and doesn't realize it. She's not told till 12 years old, and she doesn't believe she's adopted. She thought she was begotten. But then they give her the evidence of her adoption, which is what? A document, I suppose. That's right. The adoption certificate. What's the evidence of our baptism? It's well, called a baptismal certificate. Bapti- yes, of course. Baptismal certificate. Well, that's what I thought, but that it sounded too too easy. No, it sounded ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, very good. <laughs> Stanza three. These truths on Jordan's banks were shown by mighty word and wonder. The Father's voice from heaven came down which we do well to ponder. This man is my beloved son, in whom my heart has pleasure. Him you must hear, and him alone, and trust in fullest measure, the word that he has spoken. You know, uh, Okamoto, you're... I was thinking of another evidence of baptism, and that is faith. I hesitate. But you don't like that. Faith and faith. Faith, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you don't. Why are you going to heaven? Because I have faith. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, your faith trusts the promises of the baptism. Right. But if you need to. Uh, but does baptism does impart faith in a little infant? That little, that little infant is a believer, even though they can't verbalize their faith. Now, Wallace Schultz had said this about baptismal certificates that he puts them in a frame and hangs them on walls in his house to remind him. And I always now do every baptismal certificate. I make four copies. Uh Um, One that goes in a frame. Yeah. Then another one to the parents in case they have to use it for a legal thing. Right. Then one that goes into the church files. Uh And then I keep one. Oh, wow. Boy. So we always have... You're covered. you but there's no excuse for not having a record of that baptism. Well, in the Concordia Journal, one of the things they found out in talking to many congregations, they don't have records of what happened to kids after baptism, after confirmation, uh, especially smaller congregations. And, and then a pastor, you may have had three or four pastors there since yeah. the baptism of some of those kids. Right. And they're unaware of who these people are. Yeah. So it was really an interesting article uh, to show us. In Okamoto's uh, article, he's doing Nietzsche on nihilism. Nihilism, right. And he says, you know, arguing the Christian faith doesn't really get you anywhere no. with nihilists. And, but what gets you somewhere is just simply talking about Jesus, uh-huh. he says. Jesus. Sure, sure that's the only thing that will... Break exactly. through, break through the blindness. And I'm sure you did a lot of that during the Christmas season, trying to focus them on the purpose of Jesus' birth. You know, after he's born, you think Luke would go on and say, what were his first sounds or what did he do as he grew up? I mean, we hardly know anything except when he was 12 years 12 old. 12 years old. And, and that's it. But as soon as he's born, they go right to the field where the shepherds are keeping watch for one purpose to find out why he was born, and that's the message of the angels. Right. Did you realize that the first 
Christmas sermon was given by angels. Yes. Oh, I did realize that. And the first Chris, uh, Easter sermon. By angels. Yeah. I did first, a whole year of emphasis on angels once. And the first Ascension sermon. Yes, that's right. All those critical times. Yes. They were there. And the word angelos means messenger. Messenger. And I do believe in Revelation 2 and 3, following in Brighton's commentary, that when Jesus... You think they're angels or pastors? Pastors. You, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, the thought, is that those those seven stars in his hands are pastors, uh, which are messengers too, of course. Yes, and he's giving a message saying, here's what's wrong with your congregation. Right. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, Philadelphia is the only one that got its act together. Philadelphia and also there's one other... No, I don't think so. Yeah, the, well, there, there are two churches that didn't get any criticism. I'll have to look at that again. Philadelphia is one of them, and I think the other one is oh, Pergamum know. or... No, no, Crestwood. Smyrna. Smyrna. No, Smyrna. Smyrna. No criticism for those two churches. Not Crestwood? Uh, he, there would be some criticism there, <laughs> especially the pastor. Let's try and do stanza four. There stood the Son of God in love, his grace to us extending... The Holy Spirit, like a dove, upon the scene descending. The triune God assuring us with promises compelling that in our baptism he will thus among us find a dwelling to comfort and sustain us. There's a good example where the stanza begins talking about upon the scene of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and then moves right away that in our baptism... He will thus among us find a dwelling. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, if you've got the Holy Spirit present at Jesus, right. you've got all three persons present at the baptism of Jesus, and when we're baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I've often said, you know, you can decorate a church quite a bit. The baptismal font above it yeah. should be clouds opening up. Yes. There is a baptismal font like that. Oh, really? Yes, there is. I saw it uh, in the church. You mean? I think I, you know, I think it's at Concordia Theological Seminary. Oh, I th- really? I think it's in there. I think I got that right. I think. Oh, okay. I think that's where I saw that. Yeah, I preached there, um, but I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you must have had your eyes on your manuscript and not looking around. No, <laughs> my eyes were on. A couple of props that were sitting there to see if they would blink. If they were frowning. Yeah, frowning, blinking, or whatever. Oh. I mean, that's same as seminary here in St. Yes. Louis kind of thing. But that, that was kind of interesting. So um, do you have a baptism this Sunday? No. No, not this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, that, that would be. I did once uh-huh. have a baptism yeah. on the baptism of our Lord. So you easily could connect the various items. Um, let's try stanza five. To his disciples spoke the Lord, go out to every nation and bring them the living word and this my invitation. Let everyone abandon sin and come in true contrition to be baptized and thereby win full pardon and remission and heavenly bliss inherit. See, this is really a lot from the Catechism of Martin yes. Luther, oh, yes. where he talks about that. Uh, Notice what we are to bring to people in every nation, the living word. It's always the word. Yeah. Yeah. The only means of grace we have are word and sacraments, yeah. and baptism is one of them. You know, there's there's just so much 
content in all of his stanzas. You know, it's it's yes, not like some of these pray these praise songs that just you know, Alleluia, Alleluia. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for Alleluia too, but you know. Uh, I mean, there's so much content here. He really tries to fill it up. Yes. that That's why the catechism is so well used, for sure. And um, your church address? Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, 8646 New Sappington Road, just south of the Watson New Sappington Road exit uh, intersection, that is. Services? Services Sunday? of 5 o'clock Saturday uh, evening and uh, 9 o'clock Saturday, uh, Sunday morning. All right, that was Pastor Mark Smith. And tomorrow, the Bible study for congregations. I'm Tom Baker. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.